everyone. Welcome back to So You Wanna, the podcast for writers by writers. I'm Elle, a contemporary romance author over on Wattpad. You can check out my book, Read, which is the first book in my five-part series titled The Bachelor Collective. I also have a holiday novella that is good any time of the year, A Very Calorgling Christmas, my Wadi's 2021 shortlisted novel, For the Love of Art, and finally, I just released a new book on February 14th, one last night. If you're looking to chat with me, you can follow me on Instagram at lmeredith.writes. I'm also on TikTok making silly videos at lmeredith.writes. And as stated above, I am on Wattpad, lmeredithwrites. Follow me on all three. If she's happily ever L, that makes me Meg. I'm the author of the Miranda Rights Trilogy, the Ostler's Boys series, Birds and Bullets, The Holiday Affair, and The Shallow Poetry Collective. If you aren't familiar with my work, you will find that I like to cross genres, bend the rules a bit, and I'm all about that romantic is it fate or is it chance story arc. You can find my work on Wattpad under Megan Alexandria, and I'd love if you followed me on Instagram at author Megan Alexandria. I'm also on Goodreads now, and you guessed it, I'm under Megan Alexandria. Ooh, our, uh, <laughs> our names are like, they're all the same everywhere. I'm not going to lie to you. When I picked, uh, you know, my pin name, uh, spoiler alert, when I picked my <laughs> pin name for writing, I wish I had picked something a little shorter because... <laughs> I feel like I have to like take a breath before I give my Instagram Goodreads TikTok spiel. Okay, well, in, in your defense, mine is long too, though. L Meredith writes is what it is. So I too have to take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, I mean, my pen name alone isn't so bad. Like L Meredith is what's on all my books. Yeah, that's no, it's literally so an bad. abbreviated letter. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Oh man, it is, I would go be... by M, but like I, it would be like Malexandria every time like <laughs> you read my name. I feel like everyone would call you Max or something. Oh, that would that's kind of cool though. I'm kind of <laughs> into it. regrets. Regrets. That is like honestly so much cooler than Meg. <laughs> people would be like, Max. "Why do they call you Max?" And I'd be like, thanks for asking. I don't know, but Elle suggested it on our podcast. Elle is very sick, you guys. <laughs> I don't even know if it makes sense. I think it's just because you said, like, I'm into it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am so tired. I'm so sick today. Um, I've been sick all week. And I think it's only made worse by getting a puppy and... <laughs> No, like, isn't it worth it? <laughs> he is so worth it. He's so sweet. So because no one can see him, he's not here with me in the room. Um, but he's very cute. He's a basset hound. His name is Edgar. And I'm I just want to point out that even if he were in the room, people could still not see him. No, I know. <laughs> just so you're clear. You I'm said you were sick. sick. I don't know how bad you're sick. 
<laughs> this oh, is a thing that still exists. This might be the end of me. This this illness might be the end of me. <laughs> They're there. Do you need a broom so that you can like from I don't know how long a broom is, but like stroke me with it? I'm sorry, you don't know how long a broom is? <laughs> is did you literally just say that? I don't know. Is it like a meter or two in length? I don't Okay, I'm gonna have. I need you to Americanize that for me. It is like well, two meters, five is six feet. feet. Yeah, I feel like it's like five to six feet. I feel like we've just okay. described like a massive, like major giant broom. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm only five one, and I don't think the broom like comes over my head or anything. So I feel like yeah, so then it this wouldn't be. Up. I guess a broom. I'm five four. There's no. This way is a writing me. show. <laughs> a show for <laughs> writers. Math about how long a broom is. Maybe someone could just tell us, like, slide into our DMs and tell us how long a broom is. <laughs> it's like a quarter of a meter. What? What's that? I, I don't know how to Americanize that. <laughs> Listen. Math is not something that I'm good at. You know, it's just, it's kind of funny because I, I do finance for a living outside of, you know, writing. And uh-huh. I also <laughs> I don't know the answer here. I should be better at math. Oh, good God. Different kind of math, different kind of math. <laughs> is it though? I'm should pretty we, sure math is universal. Isn't that what makes math special it's like legitimately the same everywhere you go okay I don't know you guys have weird measurements down there I don't know what's going on (laughs) oh my god like miles instead of kilometers what is this it's confusing yeah for sure okay I feel like we should I feel like we should start the show and then talk about what we actually came here to talk about. Yeah, 100%. This, uh, this week is incorporate about... LGBTQA plus people. It's not about brooms. talking over each other. It's not about brooms or math or anything else. It's about writing. It kind of is about brooms because we made it that way. Yeah, man, we got really intense. This is the sorting hat from fantasy oh, all over starting hat all over again oh no if if you guys do not know what we're talking about you need to immediately hit pause go listen to fantasy and then come back <laughs> that was such a good episode though. it okay. was so good the point yeah. is this week is about lgbtqa plus in your writing and how to introduce characters of this community and how to do it well. Exactly. And I feel like maybe the best place to start is to talk about the history of LGBTQA plus in writing itself. Yeah. So LGBTQA plus characters have a history of being underrepresented in writing due to censorship and invalid arguments about it being a niche subject that is not commercially viable. Writers and readers have navigated changing social tide and faced legal restrictions, book bans, and persecution. Over time, we have learned how damaging these thought processes and social norms have been, and yet it's still not as mainstream as it should be. Which, I mean, I don't know about you, but I find that super uh, strange considering 
it is 2022, you know, <laughs> like, well, you know, I just not super mainstream. <laughs> I feel that way when I walk into like the bookstore now you see like, there's like the immediately when you walk in like the rom-com desk and you know, there, I, as a bisexual woman, I am so happy that now you can see like, oh, look, here is a woman and woman pairing. Here is a male woman male pairing here is you know somebody who is trans here's I mean it's just so nice to see real people start to appear yeah exactly new characters but I mean you know even so like I'm obviously a romance person I go to the romance section and it still feels very dominated by heterosexual couples Mm -hmm. which it's not to say that you can't write heterosexual couples but you know it does I just find it strange that we're in this you know, time and age where we're, you know, more, I don't know, I guess in a more accepting place than we were say 50 years ago. And yet our bookstores still are kind of, I don't know, it's like, it doesn't represent the world as it is, you know, in in the way that I would expect. I I don't know. Maybe that's just kind of like, that's what I see. I feel like when, you know, we've done this show before we did this on Instagram live for anyone who doesn't know. So you want to start it as an Instagram live show. We do it still every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. You can go back and um, find this episode, the um, LGBTQA plus episode that we did. Um, You can also find it on YouTube. But, um, you know, when we talked about it the first time, we really kind of like harped on it. We do this with our diversity episodes too. Like the world is a diverse place. It should not be painted in like one color or one, you know, paintbrush style. Like it, it should be real, you know, it should be vibrant. It should, it should have different people, you know, and even if you're writing, um, you know, a heterosexual couple as the main characters, you know, you can look into like making friends and like important characters within like their structure um different you know so I don't know like we just really harp in on that that the world is a diverse place (laughs) (laughs) I got there it's a diverse place so should your novels yeah exactly well despite all these hurdles LGBTQA plus themes in literature can actually be traced back pretty far as far as ancient times the earliest representations of LGBTQA plus characters date back thousands of years to ancient Greece and Rome. Look at Homer's Iliad. A same-sex relationship is described between Achilles and Patroclus. Many stories in the Greek and Roman mythology depict relationships between same-sex and intersex figures. Mm-hmm. So it really does date back quite a ways. Um, and it shows that actually the ancient world had an understanding of same-sex romance which then makes me wonder what happened to us in the future. <laughs> Don't open that box. But, but you know, we won't go there. Um, if we move into the Renaissance, scholars have offered LGBTQA plus interpretations of some of Shakespeare's plays, such as Twelfth Night, which, by the way, is an absolute favorite of mine yeah. uh, when it comes to Shakespeare. 
Um, and into the 18th century, it was considered acceptable in Georgian England for women to have sexual relationships with each other before marriage. They were, of course, still expected to marry men, but you can see in books such as the Diaries of Anne Lister, um, while open displays of same-sex romances was still illegal, it does reveal a little uh, known fact about historic England that uh, women were indeed engaging in sexual activity together. But remember, before they were married, you know, it was still ancient times where women were expected to marry and, you know, that's how you made something of yourself. We won't get into how that makes me feel, but... <laughs> Moving into the 19th century, we begin to see names that we are familiar with. So Oscar Wilde, Walt oh, Whitman, Marcel Proust, Emily Dickinson, and Virginia Woolf. All of oh, them yeah. found ways to weave references to LGBTQA plus identity and relationships into their stories and poetry. Um, so these are the authors that truly began to pave the way for modern lit literature, which then brings us to the 20th century. So now we've got authors, authors like Truman Capote, James Baldwin, Alec, Allen Ginsberg, and many more who really began to push societal boundaries with their writing and brought LGBTQA plus plots to prominence. And many of these authors even achieved a criti critical acclaim, marking a new dawn for LGBTQA plus inclusion in writing. So despite the fact that the 20th century has been good for change, we are still in a place where most of our books that get challenged um, and go into banned books actually contain LGBTQA plus content. So from the beginning, so from the beginning to now, there's still been a lot of pushback. And while authors are no longer being sent to court and you know being jailed for their work, like uh, you know Oscar Wilde did. Mm -hmm. Authors' voices are still being stifled even today in 2022. Um, and while we've come a long way from the early 1900s, we still live in societies that are unfortunately discriminatory and prejudiced towards making um, it harder for these important stories to be told. Um, and if you can believe it, we are still seeing a lot of these books banned. Um, so you might be asking, why is this important to know? Why do we need to think about the history of where these authors and stories came from and how does it affect us today? Well, today, as an author, you have a platform now. You have a follower, a follower base, um, you have people reading your books, and you can use that to help with change by including characters in your novels or even writing an LGBTQA plus story. Um, you're helping bring it mainstream and making it, I don't really like this word, but for, for a lack of better word, um, normal, because there it is, you know, <laughs> but, um, and that's the whole idea whenever you're writing is like Meg said, the world is a diverse place, you know, your book should be as well. And the more that we make these characters, the more that we write these stories, and the more that people feel represented in books, the more in mainstream everyday life we will help to bring change. So let's talk about how to start the change. The best piece of advice I can give you is to do your research. Talk to people in the community. Talk to genre-specific writers. 
read LGBTQA plus books and learn about stereotypes so you know what to avoid. I will say Al and I are not experts, but we are interested in helping you write so we can offer you a bit of a look into the stuff you should avoid or at least handle carefully. As always, if you don't get everything you need from today's show, reach out to us on social media or Discord. So let's be honest. There are certain things that come to mind when you think of LGBTQA plus characters, even if you hopefully don't subscribe to them. And you can thank stereotypes for that. I'm talking the gay best friend who's crazy feminine, the butch lesbian, the closeted jock who's bullying the already out love interest, the bisexual who can't decide who to love so she just loves them both, the ace spectrum being ace because of sexual trauma and also never mentioning sexual fluidity. So how do we write better LGBTQA plus characters? Well, it's all about getting back to the basics. Your characters, whether ace, straight, trans, fluid, bi, or still figuring it out, should mirror real life people. That doesn't mean hunt someone down and write everything they do or say into your book, but rather treat their creation with the same care and effort you put into anyone else. Your characters should matter. If you're in doubt, use the rule of lamp. If you can pluck someone out of your story and replace them with an actual lamp, it better change the whole book. If nothing is affected, guess what? You're doing it wrong. And you're doing an injustice to both yourself as a writer, but especially to your readers. Characters, and I mean all characters, not just your main cast, need to be fully fleshed out. They need a purpose. They need goals outside of the main character's goals. They need relationships or ties to the world. And they need to affect the story somehow outside of being gay. That means don't ever create characters just to represent something different. Think about why your story needs this person at all. Are they the villain? Are they the foil? What is the reason for existing? And as we said, educate yourself on stereotypes and then cross-reference those to your existing cast to make sure you're not playing up something that can come off wrong or insensitive. We are going to break for a commercial, as we always do, but don't worry. When we're back, we're going to dive into other pitfalls of representation. Are you thinking about starting a podcast? Then you need Anchor. That's the app we use. Anchor is a podcasting platform that gives you the power to create content on your terms. The best part? It's free. So what are you waiting for? Start recording your show today. Welcome back to So You Wanna Show for Writers by Writers. Today we're talking about writing LGBTQA plus characters and writing them well. We've covered a bit of the history and the authors who paved the way for mainstream media representation, and we talked about avoiding stereotypes and making your characters matter. 
before we dive into the last segment of the show, I do want to remind everyone listening, if today's show doesn't answer all your questions, you can find us on social media under soyouwanna.write on Instagram or on Discord on the So You Wanna server. Our direct links are, as always, available in either one of our Instagram profiles, author Megan Alexandria or lmeredith.writes. All right. Well, I think there's something that's uh, there's to be said about talking to the people in the community that you're writing about, which, you know, Discord and Instagram are, are great places to find people in this community. Um, I identify as heterosexual. And I really went through a period in my life where I strongly questioned, how can I be an ally? I want to be an ally. I don't know how to do it. So the first thing I was told was to listen, just listen, (laughs) which I think can be hard for anybody, especially someone like me who likes to talk. (laughs) So I did, you know, I started to listen and I started to learn what being an ally really meant. So to begin with, I want to talk about that. What is being an ally? Because when it comes to writing, you do need to think about that. That should be your goal is to be an ally. So to sum it up, it's about having a genuine, strong concern for LGBTQA plus people, someone who advocates for equal rights and fair treatment, someone who truly believes the problems that LGBTQA people face, such as heterosexism, bi prejudice, trans prejudice, and heterosexual privilege, and so much more. (laughs) So as I continue to educate myself, and just so that people know, the educating never stops. I learned some things that as a writer, I need to avoid. So the first thing is queer coding. So these are characters that are coded as queer. So showing attributes, typically they're stereotypical, um, that are associated with queer people, but they're not explicitly queer in canon, so often villains and or outsiders. The next thing is queer baiting. So as the name says, it's essentially baiting queers as in a queer audience. So, and at the same time, you're trying not to alienate your more conservative audience. So this implies that a character is queer, but then there's no real follow through in the canon. Or that's also claiming characters are queer in external media, but then not showing it in the actual book. You know, Dumbledore is actually a great example of this. After all the books were done, I feel like um, we were told that Dumbledore all along was gay. But there was zero evidence of this in seven books. There was never mention of Dumbledore having any relationships of any kind. And that's exactly what queer baiting is about. It's about saying it after the fact, getting that audience in there, but then not following through on that promise that that character was going to be there. The next thing is burying your gay. So that's basically having a queer character that you kill off really quickly and there's no real purpose for their death. It's like you just had the character there to get that audience, but then you kill them off so you don't actually have to deal with them. The next thing is fetishization. I'm so sorry. That word is so much more complicated to say than you would think. You know, sometimes I feel that way. Like I read a word and then when I go to say it, it just doesn't come out. So you're you're doing good. Thank you. But anyway, this is the 
act of making someone an object of sexual desire exclusively based on an aspect of their identity. Just remember, being anything other than heterosexual is not a new phenomenon. <laughs> and of course, finally, we should think about how it's represented in media today and who's representing um, media today. So things are definitely looking up. There are way more queer creators behind the scenes. We're able to see more and more representation, but you should really consider consuming your own media. So there's lots of things out there. There's podcasts, there's YouTube, um, you know, there's a video stories by Rowan Ellis on YouTube specifically. Obviously, don't just type into YouTube something, you know, you want to make sure that you're following the right people. And again, just immersing yourself in the community, you're going to find the avenues to all the right places to get information. I just want to reiterate that you have a platform. So use it for change, good change. <laughs> and, you know, I think that was actually a lot of information in a small amount <laughs> of time. <laughs> but don't worry, we are available whenever you need us. Um, and the biggest thing I think that I want to say we should take away today is to remember that all your characters matter and to be careful with using offensive stereotypes. Really, if you're not sure, reach out and ask someone. And never forget the rule of lamp. <laughs> That's it for me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Such a good thing. That is a good rule. Okay? No, it's a great rule. I agree with you. It's a great rule. It's just a funny rule. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, that is it from me. And I just want to thank everyone who is still listening, hitting that rating for us and tuning in every week here and on Instagram. A little reminder, if you're looking for a community to call your home, I know we've said it a hundred times this episode, but join our So You Want a Discord. We love seeing you guys there. We love brainstorming. We love sprinting. It's a good time. Again, those links are in our Instagram bios, or you can search So You Want a Server on the site. If you think I'm cooler than Elle, follow me on Instagram at author Megan Alexandria. Find me on Wattpad and Goodreads at Megan Alexandria and let me know. <laughs> if you well, can see Elle's face, she's disappointed. <laughs> I'm not disappointed. I was just waiting to see if you were about to go on a rant there. <laughs> Listen, I have interests and language is one of them. All right. Well, I will just say then same time, same place, Tuesdays at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for our podcast or Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our Instagram lives. We want to see you there. Bye. So you are now a show for writers, but writers, da 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 da.